This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. It's great to see you this morning. We are in our fifth installment of our current series entitled Questions and Answers, the questions and doubts that we encounter. And if you haven't been with us, the premise of this series is in response to the most often asked questions that we get here at the church or the topics that myself and the leadership team most often find ourselves discussing with you. So each week we are addressing one of those questions or topics. Last week we took off, we took a respite from the series for our one-year anniversary celebration. I hope that you enjoyed that. If you weren't here, you can get a copy of that message uh, back at the Connection Center. Uh, We had a great time reflecting and celebrating what God has done over the last year and uh, just being together. Still have confetti showing up around our house. I don't know if you do. So we are in our fifth installment of addressing these questions or topics uh, that you ask about the most. Uh, So far, we've addressed the questions and topics of God's will for our lives, uh, biblical parenting, stubborn sin, and we dealt with the topic of dealing with disappointment a couple weeks ago, and of course you can go back and listen to any of those messages online at the website, or you can get a hard copy back at the Connection Center. But this week, we're just going to address this topic that we all deal with in varying degrees, and here's the question, how do I deal with difficult people? How do I deal with difficult people? And just like disappointment, dealing with difficult people is part of life. How How many know that to be true? Jesus told us, in this life, you will have trouble. Uh, Regarding that trouble, here's what I found to be true. Life is rarely about the difficult task, but it is quite often about the difficult person. So today, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say, not what Devin has to say, what the Bible has to say about dealing with difficult people. We need to know what God has to say. Let me, let me say it this way. We need to know God's solution on how to counter the crazy makers in our life. I don't know about you, but there are times when I think there are people in my life that are on a mission just to make my life crazy. So I need some biblical solutions that help me. I want us to help us to walk through this maze of relational conflict, the different personalities in our lives. There are people that we love dearly, people in our families, but sometimes they're just difficult. Matter of fact, if, if we were all honest, sometimes we are the difficult ones, aren't we? Well, it's, it's our natural propensity in a message like this, when we hear a message like this, to think about all of the other people that are difficult. In fact, maybe just turn to the person sitting next to you and just say, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You need to hear this. You need to hear this today. You need to hear this. You need to hear this message. Turn to the person that was your second option and say, this is going to help you. This is going to help you. Yeah, this is going to help you out. <laughs> our first verse, let's start, with the, let's start with what the Bible has to say. Our first verse for the day, Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is dealing with some people. And Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. He says, again I say, so he's said this before. Again I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. I mean, who does that include? Everyone. Be able to teach and to be patient with difficult 
people. It's in the Bible. Gently, gently, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. Imagine that. If God could be the one to change their heart, and then they'll learn the truth. Then, when God changes their heart, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You know what this tells us? This tells us that some people are, by, are being used by the devil. They're being held captive. They're in his trap. They're being used by the devil to bring difficulty into our lives. Let's, let's never forget who our real enemy is. Sometimes we get distracted by the flesh and blood. You have a real enemy. And he's ensnared people. He's entrapped people. They're, they're ensnared in his lies. I just love the fact that God, through the writings of Paul, acknowledges that we have difficult people in our lives. That just made me feel better when I read that this week. Thank you, God. You realize what I'm dealing with. You realize who's in my life. Thank you, God, for being aware of what's happening in my life every day. So thankful that God realizes there are difficult people. Maybe some of you feel like all of the difficult people are in your life. They're all in my, they're in my house, they're in my workplace, at my gym, my school, my bank, my grocery store. All of the difficult people are in my life. Anybody feel like that? Here's what I do know. In order to deal with the difficult people in our lives, we've got to be able to understand them. There has to be some understanding. Sometimes we'd rather be understood than to understand. There has to be some understanding. How many people would say, I need to maybe work on understanding a little bit better. I love this quote by Max Licato. He says this, Some people have been called to be missionaries of misery sent into our world to wreak havoc. Anybody have a missionary that's been sent into your world? You're receiving the gospel of difficulty. A missionary trying to understand the DNA of the difficult. What makes a person difficult? I really do believe that the half the battle is when you start to understand that. What makes them difficult? When you start to get insight into why they are the way they are. Understanding the DNA of the difficult. Understanding where they're coming from. Boy, it also helps us to understand ourselves when we're the difficult one. We first need to remember why there are difficult people. And it's very simply this, we live in a fallen world. This is a fallen, sinful world, and because none of us are perfect, we're going to experience people's imperfections, including our own. Maybe you don't even, maybe you don't even know this, you might be the difficult one. Don't turn and look, don't turn and look straight ahead, don't make eye contact, just, turn, just nod like this, like you're the one. No nudging. How many, let me just ask this, how many would be honest enough to admit that there have been times when you were purposely difficult? Now just look around. Look at, look at all the other liars with their hands down. <laughs> look around, look at all. Liar. 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 Yeah. You purposely, intentionally made it difficult on someone else. No one's perfect. Look at Romans chapter 3. Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, Jews and Gentiles, are under the power of sin. And as the scripture says, no one, no one is righteous. No, not even 
One, we live in a fallen world. Beyond that, the devil knows that our relationships are so key and critical to experiencing all that God has for us. He knows this. I, I truly believe that there is not an area of our lives that the enemy of our soul fights more than our relationships. I believe that. Because he knows that relationships can be just a source of joy and life and encouragement to us. Listen, because you're only one relationship away from changing your entire destiny. One relationship. We're made to be relational. We're relational beings. We're we're not designed to live on the island of isolation. No, the enemy knows that God designed us with the desire to do life together. That our lives are more fulfilling when they're shared, when they're done in community. So why wouldn't the devil place an all-out assault attack on our relationships and do everything he can to cause strife and discord and hurt and dysfunction? Why wouldn't he do that? Because relationships are where we find the greatest joy of our life. Of course, they're also where we have the greatest wounds and struggles. How we deal with that conflict. So, so much of the joy or the lack thereof in our lives is directly tied to our relationships. I took the opportunity, Ashley's been laughing at me throughout the week, I really enjoyed doing this, to just make a list of the different types of difficult people that I've had in my life. And to be honest, that I have been in someone else's life as well. I put some uh, visuals with them to to help us understand a little bit more too. So here's just the first type of difficult person that I've had in my life. The intimidator. Also known as the steamroller or the hammer. They're aggressive. They're harsh. They're blindly insensitive to others. Usually loud. You're wrong. I'm right. End of conversation. And so much of how they express themselves is through intimidation. Have you ever had someone try to intimidate you? A coworker, a boss, a spouse? They intimidate you. Here's the next one. The megaphone. The megaphone. They love to talk. They will go on and on and on. They actually will talk you into submission. Okay, whatever you want me to do, just stop talking. Stop. Talking and talking. They put you in a chokehold with their words. (laughs) Diarrhea of the mouth. They can't stop. They just can't stop. They will include every detail of every story. They will leave 13-minute voicemail messages on your phone. I'm speaking from experience. The reason it went to voicemail is because I saw the number come up on my phone. I don't have time for that right now. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody. Here's the next one. The critic. The critic, also known as the nitpicker. Anybody know a nitpicker? Don't raise your hand. They find something and they just stay on it. They will wear it out. Highly critical. Point out the mistakes. Unreasonably perfectionist. No one will ever do it as well as they do it. They could always do it better. Here's their motto. If you want it done right, ask me. Then it will be done right. I tell you, the way that some people criticize, you'd think they were getting paid for it. It's crazy. They'll find dust on the streets of gold someday. Here's what, here's what I found. Whatever people criticize, it reveals their deepest insecurity. What, what you criticize often reveals very deep insecurity. It, it reveals something. It's a window into your heart. 
It shows a point. Now, why is it that people can be so critical? Well, the truth is, most of the time, most critical ones are really ones that don't like themselves. So they will criticize, and it helps to better validate themselves. They feel better about themselves. Helps them feel more important, more special. The most critical people are often the ones inwardly most miserable. Just true. I found that to be true. Here's the next one. The whiner. The whiner. Also known as the martyr. Forever the victim. Racked with self-pity. Chronic complainer. I actually have one of these in, in our home. Uh, he's three. He's three. I wanted to take a picture of him. I thought that wouldn't be right. So I figured I'd just talk about him instead. Uh, I feel better about that. Um, whiner. Whiner. They complain and they complain to control. Or they, or they pout until you give in. They wear you down with their whining. Here's the next one. The meddler. The meddler. Also known as the gossip. They have to be in the know. They like to leak secrets. They constantly are inserting themselves. You see anybody coming to mind right now? Just it's okay. They constantly are inserting themselves into people's lives. Not because they care, but because they want information that they could share in a conversation later that day. Here's the next one. The bubble buster. Also known as the wet blanket. Cousin to the critic. It's all bad. It's all bad. They deflate everything. They're pessimistic. They default to negativity every time. They see the worst in every situation. Oh, isn't it a beautiful, beautiful? It's a beautiful sunny day. Hope we don't get the melanoma. Better cover up your moles. Okay. Do that. This steak is awesome. Hope we don't get the mad cow. What? I just love my job. Yeah, I heard they were doing cutbacks. Hope you don't get fired. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. How about this one? The garbage collector. Cousin to the whiner. They replay and rehearse the hurt. Over. Whatever happened to them, they go from relationship to relationship, gathering more garbage as they go so they can hold on to it and bring it to the next one. And then they dump it out in any conversation they can have. You don't, you don't remember back in 85? You didn't come to my party? And I'm wounded. I'm wounded. Back up. You've been holding on to that for a while. Stinks up in here. Garbage. Here's the next one. The manipulator. Anybody know a manipulator? Also known as the puppeteer. Cousin to the control freak. They use people. People are simply a means to an end. And that end is their success and their way. And they use guilt and threats to get there. The manipulator. Here's the next one. The volcano. The volcano. It's cousin to the intimidator. They build steam and they erupt. They're unpredictable, but when they erupt, they spew scorching hot lava language everywhere and they singe everything in its path. Has, it, has anyone ever just erupted before? Yeah. Just like, like 
snapped. Like, it scared you. Like, I'm possessed. Dear God, I need help. Snap. Just snap. How about this one? The clinger. The clinger. Also known as the leech or the parasite. They latch on. Parasitical. Constantly in need. They give nothing back. They can't function without you. They consume your life. (laughs) They think they're the only person in the world. They they just never offer any help. They're always the one that need the help. They seem to find themselves, maybe because of bad decisions, constantly in need. Albert uh, Bernstein wrote a book about these types of people, and he called them emotional vampires. I want to suck the life out of you. Blah, blah, blah. No, thank you. Here's the next one. The competitor. The competitor. Any competitors? I can respect that. They keep score of everything. Everything. They're always keeping score. There's always a winner, always a loser, and they will let you know when they're the winner. Mm -hmm. I like this one. The space cadet. They live in their own world. They don't don't even know that they're living in their own world. You try to talk to them. What? Nobody's home. No. I'd say, you want to get frustrated? Put a space cadet on a team and just watch what happens. Just watch that. Just watch what happens. I'm here. You're not scheduled to be here. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm here. Where are you? I'm not there. Space cadet. Space cadet. Here's the last one. The blowfish. Also known as the porcupine. Cousin to the garbage collector. Since they've been hurt, they don't let anybody in. They're bristly. And as a defense mechanism, they avoid contact. They will do anything in their power to have to keep people at a distance. Everything inside. They don't need you, but then they complain that they don't have any friends. Great at the silent treatment. They manipulate you with the mute button. Cold shoulder. Stiff arm you. I'm not going to let you close enough. Difficult people. Difficult people. In a message like this, it's I don't know about you. I just think, man, I wish so-and-so were here to hear this. They need this. Each of these different types of difficult people, you and I have to choose. We have to choose how we're going to respond. Because it's not a matter of whether or not we have difficult people in our lives. It's a matter of how we respond to the difficult people in our lives. Because they see life so differently. They, they see life through a different lens. In fact, there's a few lenses that difficult people see life through. The first one is this. They see it through a distorted lens. It's distorted. Their lens is, everything is a bigger deal than it really is. No matter wh- what the conversation, how nice it was, they, they'll take one comment and they will distort it. They'll blow it out of proportion. Even if it's nice, it's magnifies, they distort it. Here's the other one. They see, they see life through the lens of offense. They're offended. They have an offended heart. 
They see, they see life through the layers of offense. They look for reasons to be offended. And when you're done with one layer, there's always another layer. Always something more. I thought we were done. We're not done yet. No. We need to deal with another layer. Oh, dear Jesus. Here's the, the other lens that they see life through. It's a self-absorbed lens. Me, myself, and I. I thought everything was about me. What about me? What about my... That's enough about me. You tell me about me. Me, 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 These lenses that they see life through. Difficult people. All of them see life through a different lens. What do we do? How do we respond? Because you have a choice. When you're dealing with difficult people, you have a choice. So much of our success with difficult people comes down to how we respond. Nobody can choose for us how we will deal with difficult people. No one can force us to respond in a, in a, in a certain way. No, we have to individually own the responsibility and respond in a godly way. We make choices when we're dealing with difficult people. We choose. So for the remainder of our time, I just want to explore through God's word how we can choose the biblical response when dealing with difficult people. And this is not something you can just rush through and it's five easy steps and you're on your way. No, no. Because relationships are fragile. They're fragile. Relationships can cause deep wounds. Maybe, maybe some of you are in a volcano moment right now and you're thinking, if they say one more thing, I am going to snap, lose it. Or maybe you're struggling with someone that's manipulating you, trying to take control. We need God's wisdom on how to respond, how to navigate these difficult situations in lives. It could be, listen, it could be an interaction you're going to have today and you're going to need to know how to respond to that difficult person. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets practical. Here's the first thing we're going to need to do when dealing with difficult people. Number one, realize that you cannot please everyone. Just realize that up front. You can't please everyone. That's a big one. Look at look what Jesus said. John chapter 5, verse 30. By myself, this is Jesus talking, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So even Jesus comes to the conclusion, he makes the intentional decision when dealing with people, and if anyone dealt with people, it was Jesus. He makes the decision, if there's anyone that I'm going to please, I'm going to please my Father. You know, I found out early in my ministry life, I had to figure this out. Because in ministry, it gets complicated. You know, we're pastors, we're leading people, we're loving people. But there were times when I just wanted to please everybody. I just want to make everyone happy. Can I just say, a man pleaser is so confusing. It's confusing. But pleasing God, there's a freedom. There's a freedom that comes with that. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a servant of Christ. Think about that. Now, that doesn't give you an excuse to just be obnoxious with people and just say, pleasing God, forget you. Sorry, pleasing my father. No, no. What it does is it gives you the freedom to say, 
I've done, with integrity, I've done all that I can do. And at the end of the day, I need to be pleasing God. Romans chapter 12. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes people don't make it possible to live at peace with them. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't please everyone. Here's the second thing you're going to need to do with dealing with difficult people. Number two, you're going to have to refuse to play the game. Don't play the game. Don't get caught up in the drama. Don't insert yourself into the drama. Hey, if some of us were honest... We kind of like the drama. If drama always seems... Drama just seems to find me. No. No. What's the one common denominator here? John chapter 2, verse 24. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each Person, some of you know exactly what's waiting for you when you go down that road with that person and you still do it. You're like, well, it'll be different this time. No, it won't. It won't. People that like drama will always have drama. Jesus knew this. Well, we, we just live in a world where they, it just happens so quickly, so easily in the workplace. How about this? Online, social media. You see a tweet, a post, a comment, a little Facebook jab. Before you know it, you are all fired up and you're all up in that space. We don't, I mean, we don't even realize it. It's a crazy maker. They just make you crazy. And then we, we just go ahead and go, oh, you want a comment? I'll give you a comment. I got eight comments. Back to back. Boom. Booyah. Send. Post. Tweet. At reply. We do this. And then when we do that, the enemy wins. The enemy wins. And the hook has been set. You're all worked. I mean, just think about it. A person that likes to incite a response, you're playing right into their hands. You're giving them exactly what they want. Refuse to play the game. Proverbs chapter 15. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words, quick words, reactionary words, Make tempers flare. James chapter 1. I love this. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears. Be quick to listen. Follow with your tongue, slow to speak. And let anger straggle along in the rear. Because God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. Choose not to play the game. Here's the third one. You're going to have to rise above it. I think it's just the most biblical response. Understand you can't please everyone. You're going to refuse to play the game. You're going to rise above it. I think it's one of the best things we can do. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, so set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things 
above, not on earthly things. You've got to rise above it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, seen in me, put it into practice. So it's wonderful to come here and hear some wonderful thoughts and some challenging remarks maybe. But here, here's where the rubber meets the road when you put it into practice. And then it finally says, if you do that, the God of peace will be with you. Rise above it. Set your mind on things above. True, noble, right, pure, lovely, praiseworthy, excellent. Think on those things. Soar like eagles and get above all the mess. The clouds of turmoil and malice and envy and gossip and jealousy. Get above it. Rise above it. Someone once said, you can't soar like an eagle if you're hanging with the turkeys. Some of y'all been hanging with the turkeys. Here's the fourth one. Never retaliate. Oh, it just got quiet. This one, this one really requires some discipline, but I'm just telling you, it's exactly what a difficult person wants. If we can control how we respond, if we can control how we don't respond, you've won half the battle. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Don't y'all know that's easy to read. That's hard to do. Does anyone else have this problem? It's just me. It's just me. All right. I need to hang out with y'all more. Don't don't retaliate. And then here's the deal with the Bible. They say these things. You go, oh, that's really hard to do. And then there's always like an add-on. Like that was hard enough. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the next one. But instead, what's it say? Pay them back with a blessing. Oh, good. It's good. Good. Yeah. This is what God has called you to do, and then he will grant you a blessing. When? When you choose to bless them. When you choose not to retaliate and you bless them, that's when you get God's blessing. Well, it's hard to do. Well, I'll pay him back, all right. No, I'm going to pay him back. Punch to the throat. Pay you back. <laughs> just me. It's just me. The flesh wants to respond. Do to them exactly what they did to you. Show them how it feels. How's that feel? Breathing good. Ah, hard to breathe, isn't it? I know. So you did to me. Jerk. Right? How'd you like that? No. Proverbs chapter 10. Look at this. Too much talk. In the NIV it says, when words are many. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Now, that could be, listen, that could be the one principle that someone implements, that just that right there. Be sensible, use wisdom, and keep your mouth. What do you think about that? Good. I think God is going to bless them. What do you think about that, Devin? No comment. Be sensible. Proverbs chapter 12. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings 
healing. Here's a question. Are your words bringing healing or hurt? Healing or hurt? They're doing one or the other. Payback. We just love to pay back. You come at me, I'm coming at you. Look at me. She looked at me. No, she, she just she gave me a look. Did you see that? She gave me a look. I'm coming at you. Never retaliate. Boy, do you know if there was anyone that had the right to retaliate, it was Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't retaliate. In the midst of them ridiculing him, abusing him, spitting at him, crucifying him, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? He says, Lord, Lord, don't hold this. They don't even know what they're doing. Don't hold it against them. What What a savior we have. Oh, that God would help us not to retaliate. Here's the next one. You're going to have to release them. You do realize that they're not yours to begin with, right? You realize that? They're they're not your responsibility. Ultimately, they're God's. You know, some people you just can't fix. Isn't that how we think? We just think, if they'll just, I can fix them. I can clean, I can fix them. No, no, no. You need to give them to God. You need to release them to God. You can't fix them. God, they belong to you. You love them. You care about them. I don't, but you do. No, God, you died for them. You love them just as much as you love me. Your blood was shed for them. Ultimately, we want to see people find him, don't we? So we we need to get out of the way. You can actually be a hindrance to God doing in their life what he wants to do. Release them. Release them. Half the time, they don't even know that you're bitter. They don't even know. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say, Jesus is talking, love your enemies. Then here's the add-on. There's always an add-on, right? Love your enemies. Oh yeah, and by the way, pray for those who persecute you. Pray pray for them. Here's a question. When was the last time you legitimately prayed for that difficult person? I'm talking about really prayed for them. Not God give them what they deserve. Not that that type of prayer. Heat down coals, Lord. It's okay. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. No. No, no, no. Legitimately prayed doesn't say pray for those that like you, those that compliment you, those that make you giddy, those that make you feel good, those that tell you what you want to hear. No, no, no. Pray for those that persecute you, who come against you, who don't like you, who don't care for you, who try to undermine your success, who speak badly about you, who lie about you. Pray, pray for those people. Extend grace. Boy, what a challenge. You know what I've realized? I've realized that when I pray, I see people differently. I, my filter starts to change. I, see them through a, I don't see them through the lens of self-absorption. Or, no, I, I see them differently when I start to pray. Or sometimes I just want to tell them what I think. You know? I want to tell someone else what I think about them. I want to send someone else a text. Did you, can you believe what they said? What's, what's the point of that? What's the motivation of that? Well, because I want to turn that person against them too. Right? In fact, I want to build my case. I need some people on my side up in here. 
fact, I want to make you pick a side. Whose side are you on? You pick a side. Are you with me or are you with them? And then we can get together and talk about what they did if you pick my side. Then you, then you start getting paranoid. Are they, are they on their side or my side? Whose side are they on? Boy, but when I pray, I just start to gain understanding into why they are a certain way. I'll tell you what else. I become so much more aware of the grace that I've been given, the grace that I've received on numerous occasions, and then it prompts me to do the same, to extend grace. When I pray for them, I see them differently. Because at the end of the day, guys, how we dip, deal with difficult people, last one, is we live redemptively. We live redemptively. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Help us, God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Well, that's hard enough. Here's the add-on. There's always an add-on. But instead, be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. How? Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. We live redemptively. Lord, it's hard to deal with these difficult people, the stress they bring into my life, the tension. But the only way that I can do it is by remembering how much you've forgiven me. And because you've forgiven me, I choose to forgive people and live in freedom. I choose to live redemptively. I choose. I choose. It's so hard. You have to make the choice. You choose. I can remember a time in my life when I was, if I'm honest, I could say I was angry with a few people. I was angry. We're gonna, listen, if we're going to be transparent and honest, let me just lead the way. I was angry. I, I kept rehearsing in my mind what they said, what they did, how they treated me. I, I even felt justified in my anger. One day I was praying. I was trying to spend a little time with God. And I realized that the heavens seemed to be kind of closed. It was a little disconnected. I felt Something on the inside of me. To be honest, I felt like it was the seed of anger and bitterness that was taking root in my life. I felt that. I'm proud of that. I'm, listen, I'm not a hateful person. I'm a competitive person. I'm not a hateful person. I just felt that in me. I felt anger and bitterness. And here, here's the truth that God had to drop into my heart. It was this, Devin... You will never have to forgive anyone more than I've already forgiven you. Don't, don't close your arms to others when I've extended my arms to you. His, listen, his arms are open to you too. Don't, don't, don't close your arms. How do, you, how do you deal with difficult people? You walk in forgiveness and you live in freedom. You choose. And let me just tell you, you're going to have to choose to do that every day. Every day. Every day. You're going to have to choose to not hold the offense. Because we forgive. How? As we have been forgiven. How many have been forgiven of a lot? 
Okay. Well, then that's how we forgive. That's how we forgive. Don't, don't hold on to it. Don't retaliate. Rise. Get above it. Think on the things. Pure, lovely, true, noble, right, excellent, praiseworthy. Get above. Not everyone. Listen. You don't have, you're not going to be able to please everyone. Just set yourself free from that. To please everyone. You please the Father. And when you please the Father, you'll be forgiving like His Son. Right? Let's pray. God. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 1030 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School. Or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.